0: so this week's guest i have the people connector the car segregation king i don't know what else you want to call them but the linkedin connections i have yona wise yona welcome to the
1: show thank you anthony it's a pleasure to be on the show with you i really appreciate reaching out and i'm happy to be here
0: no problem yona works with methods and specs they are specializing in cost segregation. They've done over fifteen thousand cost segregation segregations so far. Am I correct?
1: Yes, and counting. Probably it could be more by now.
0: You can tell they're busy people. Like they have got people all over the world traveling all over the world. Excuse me, the country or is it all over, all over the world?
1: It's just in the well. Actually, we have done studies outside the United States, but primarily in the United States wow and they're always
0: active especially yona yona is very active on linkedin and well known as the cost segregation guy yona once again welcome to the show i appreciate you taking the time
1: Uh, my pleasure is all mine so can you show share
0: your history of how you got into being known as the cossack king on linkedin
1: well there you know there was like most kings right You know there's a there's a territory that needs to be conquered, and they need a ruler over that no they I saw LinkedIn as an incredible opportunity about uh, close to two years ago. just an incredible opportunity in terms of a place where you can meet people, you can network with people, and you can share ideas and you know really do business with like minded people and It was more of like a community that was being created, and I found that here's a niche segregation that almost nobody's talking about. You know, I'm working with Madison specs, which we're a national leader in conservation. And we have, you know, a team of over 60 individuals, you know, engineers and accountants, and we're doing, like I said, we're doing over 2000, I think we have 2,500 studies this year alone. It's a big operation, but you know, LinkedIn is just like this quiet place. Hey, and, and this really goes to, you know, speak to anyone out there who's listening that you are a niche of anything. Okay. If you want to get yourself out there, you want to, you know, create and promote your personal brand. LinkedIn is the perfect place, but you just have to know how to use it. And so that's kind of what I, my process of, uh, you know, trial and error. I learned more or less how to, how to use and utilize and leverage LinkedIn and the community to build like I said, to build a community and to build um, you know real relationships with people, until like you said, I'm known as the one in you know all of LinkedIn pretty much, uh, which is pretty incredible.
0: So true. Like I hosted a meetup not too long ago, and I was listening to the guy LinkedIn. And he gave me this look like LinkedIn isn't that for like resumes where you post your resume? I'm like yes, it used to be, but platforms change, things change. It is now like you said, a content Creation place where you create content and connect with people. Like because of you, majority of my people i connected with. Was, I went from like 50 connections to like last time I checked, over 200 plus connections. Just connected with people, providing value on that content or platform alone.
1: Right, and then you take it to real life. You know, you did a meet a meetup. You know, we met in Chicago, right, at John Casman's event. Like you meet real people. It's it becomes. It's not just like this kind of social media thing. It, it's actually really building relationships and, and it all starts, um, there. So that's, you know, it's under leveraged, but if, if you want to get, you know, start using it, it's not, it's not too early or it's not too late. Sorry. It's not too late. It's
0: still still
1: way, still way under leveraged.
0: Yep. Like, uh, I'm pretty, I know you probably listened to but like Gary V said, it's very, Underpriced platform to be utilizing right now that surprisingly not a lot of people are actually using, especially in real estate or business in general.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: So you mentioned a couple times cost segregation. What is cost segregation?
1: Yeah, cost segregation is really the only type of segregation that you know we want to have anything to do with. Right? (laughs) It's a weird name that the IRS gave for a way to take tax deductions from your property So if you own a commercial property meaning an investment property or a business property you invest in real estate, you're allowed to take as a tax deduction right of, of the value of how much you paid for that building and write that value off over the course of 39 years if it's a commercial property or 27 and a half years if it's a residential which includes multifamily. So if you have a multifamily building right you bought for a million dollars. You can now write off as a tax write off, um, meaning deducting that from your income tax for the next 27 and a half years, a little bit, a little portion, you know, approximately let's say $30,000 for the next 27 years. That's called depreciation. Now cost segregation is just like depreciation on steroids. It's like taking front loading a certain portion of that depreciation. So you can take more deductions in the early years of ownership. Um, as opposed to, you know, spreading it out a little bit every year, you can take in the first year or the first five years, a huge portion of that, which essentially increases your cash flow, right? Knocks out your tax liability. Because a tax deduction says, I'm making money, but now I just knock all that, you know, income tax liability off because I can deduct it. It's a deduction. And so you're left with with zero essentially. So how it works and the mechanics of it, It requires an engineer to come to a property and break down the building into different parts that depreciate on different lives. So instead of the whole building, you know, depreciating over 27 years and taking that value a little bit every year, you can actually reallocate things in the building like furniture, you know, depreciates on a five year schedule. So you can take the entire value of all that furniture and deduct that over five years.
0: Interesting. So instead of just going with the straight shot of 27 or 39, depending on the type of property, you could kind of go accelerated depreciation. Right. Why would someone do that versus this? Okay, I'll just take it over 27 and a half years. Why go five years on certain items?
1: So the idea is really the, you know, playing with the tax code. And this is, you know, directly, all the rules for concentration are directly from the tax code. It's not some, some like weird strategy. So why would someone do it is because they want to take advantage of using their own money to work for you. Okay. Meaning if you make money, it's your money until you have to pay taxes on it. It's still your money. So if you have a way to create more deductions, which can therefore cut off your tax to pay zero taxes, then you can take that money, reinvest it. And that creates, you know, that's called the time value of money. What you can do with that money today is worth so much more than if you were to get that money five years from now.
0: Understandable. So it's kind of like getting your money back as soon as possible to reuse your money to different asset classes or different ventures.
1: Yeah. Use your money for however you want to use it. Don't, you know, don't, uh, you don't have to have, you know, your silent partner as Uncle Sam.
0: Very true. When should someone use or think about using a cost segregation study on their investment property?
1: Um, so again, the question is: If you need the deductions, really, that's the number one question. You know, is it going to benefit you to have more income tax deductions? To have losses, is that going to benefit you? If the answer is yes, I mean, if you have enough income that you would like to somehow offset that income and not pay income tax on it. So then the answer is, yes, it's probably a good idea. Now for you, however, the question comes you know, on what type of property or when would this be relevant? And so the type of property, you know, or when it's relevant, usually in that year that you need those deductions, right? So if you own a property or you have purchased the property within the last five years, it can be extremely beneficial. Um, so, you know, what the amount, I usually say the dollar amount, like if you're buying a building for over a million dollars, and that doesn't have to be your money, it can be the bank's money, it can be seller financed, but it's, you know, putting that, that property under your name, you, now you take that depreciation deduction, you, a million dollars is like a no-brainer. There's so much, like over a hundred, hundred fifty thousand $150,000 of tax benefits uh, on a million dollar property.
0: Understandable. So with constant segregation is helping the investors get as much depreciation as upfront as possible. Is there a certain asset classes that it does not apply to, or is it, what's the limitations on that?
1: Um, it can, applies to any and all asset classes. So you can literally, um, you know, whether it's a multifamily, I mean, the only thing that does not apply to is your personal residence. Okay, so we're talking investment properties, business properties, but yeah, from multifamily to storage, you know, retail, office, industrial, you name it. The each one, each property, each asset class may have different things in them that um, are allocated to those certain lives. So in a multifamily property, for example, you have stuff like carpeting, um, you have cabinets, you'll have furniture and appliances, and all those things depreciate on a five-year schedule. You can take those deductions earlier on. Whereas in a self-storage unit, you're not going to have that stuff, right? But you will have other things. You'll have like special-purpose lighting. You may have, um, you know, uh, climate control going on there. You may have security cameras and things like that. That all of those depreciate on a five-year schedule. And don't forget, you have things that I didn't even mention until now, which is the the land improvement, which is can, can include things like landscaping or pavement, curbing, asphalt, all that stuff. You have a parking lot, you have a driveway. All of that stuff, uh, the value of that driveway or of that landscaping depreciates on a 15-year schedule, which is much faster than 39. So, again, you can front load a lot of that as well.
0: Cool. So can you go over or tell us what happened or can you explain to us the, how a customer or a client, I'm trying to think of a way to word it. A customer client came to you. Okay, I've heard about you, LinkedIn or some other platform, and they think about okay, I want to do a cost segregation study, and they work with you, and they were kind of surprised about the result. Can you ever have clients like that or results like that where they're actually surprised about the outcome they receive of that study?
1: Hundred percent, yeah, all the time. I mean, it's crazy the outcome because we always do an upfront analysis, which will show at no cost. This is just, you know, so if anyone out there listening and you're looking, Hey, I have this property, or I'm thinking of buying this property. I wonder what the tax benefits would be. If I did a conservation, just reach out. We can do it. It's no cost upfront. You can see those numbers. And what we try to do is to have a very conservative estimate, which means that when the real report comes in, your people are literally blown away by the results. Like, for example, we just had a guy out in, in California who had a small, you know, 20, 22 units, I think apartment building, but in California, it's, it was a lot. I think he bought it for like four and a half million dollars, right? So <laughs> that, uh, and he literally with four and a half million dollars, we estimated very conservatively that he would have approximately um, 550, $600,000 of extra depreciation in the first year he the bonus depreciation. So he was like all set. He's like, wow, that's awesome. I'm going to get, you know, knock off my taxes. Incredible. And then we come back and do the final report and it's over a million dollars of extra deductions. So he's like, the guy was like literally ecstatic.
0: The power of Yona and his team. <laughs> what did you say? Uh, what was that saying? Uh, under... Uh, Underexpend and overachieve,
1: something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Under, right. Under, uh, under, under, what's the word?
0: Yeah. Underpromised, overachieve. Somewhere oh, along those right, lines. Yeah, I can't no think of it right now.
1: <laughs> exactly. exactly.
0: So I want to talk a little bit about LinkedIn because that's where I've seen a lot of business or real estate professionals are utilizing. They're po- posting up their recent close deals or deals they're touring and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. what you're doing is very different uh, other people. You're creating a community by starting these challenges. I've been a part of two or three of them. How many have you done so far? Um, I've done a
1: bunch of them. So I don't even remember. <laughs> <how much. laughs>
0: so I think I've been a part of like at least the last two or three recent challenges. And the people you connect with on those challenges is phenomenal. And Incredible. The pressure to, like the last one was the 10 day challenge, the pressure to post one piece of content minimum 10 days in a row.
1: Right.
0: I like that pressure, but it's also like, man, what, what do I post? And And some of them, like, I want to say there's some, uh, I can't think of his name right now, but his post was literally one sentence and he already met the goal. (laughs) Like, (laughs) seriously, how do you do this? So I want to ask you what made you decide to create this community on LinkedIn?
1: Um, I saw, so there's something interesting on LinkedIn. There's something called the social selling index. Okay. And um, if you don't know what that is, you can Google social selling index on LinkedIn. If you have sales navigator or a premium account, you can actually pull that up. And what it is this the social selling index is a I, based on LinkedIn's own algorithm to show, you know, how you are, um, I guess selling, you know, how, how well do you do on social media? You know, how well are you establishing your professional brand? Are you connecting with people? Are you building relationships? And they give you a score based on a few different points. Now I looked at this and like, I'm doing this and I just started doing, you know, posting for the last, like almost two years, posting every single day, you know, content and creating, you know, tons of connections, I have, you know, about 10,000 connections at this point. And I saw that, Hey, I'm according to this algorithm, I'm in the top 1% of my industry. Right. So like, if you know, one percentile, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But then I looked and I'm like, wait a second, my industry, commercial real estate, the, and it shows you the average person on LinkedIn has a score of 22, 22 out of a hundred, which means that's like, you know, if you're in school, 22 out of 100, right? You're not going too far, okay? Which which showed me that people who are in commercial real estate are just not using LinkedIn. And if you look and you do a search, you can find like who's posted like on Sales Navigator. It's great. You can actually pull up, um, you know, do a search of people. You know, I do a search of you know everyone who's in commercial real estate in the United States you know, let's say there's, I don't know how many millions of people, right? Let's say there's like 3 million people. Right. And then you can see on that list, it shows you how many have posted in the last 90 days on LinkedIn. That's one of the categories on sales navigator in LinkedIn that you can see that. And you have like such a tiny percentage, which means there's so few people that are actually utilizing it. I've seen what it's done for me, for my business. I mean, literally, it's incredible what it has done for me. I've seen what it's done for many other people. And I thought, Hey, why don't I just like try to help other people, um, to do this. And, and really that was my intent, like to try to help other people break into this, you know, crazy platform that is really underutilized.
0: So true is very underutilized and it's a phenomenal, I want to say its a phenomenal tool that any investor or business owner should be using. Like, I have very different interests, and I'm seeing topics from those interests on LinkedIn as well, so it's not just real estate or business professionals right it's like right now e gaming is on there, there's different industries that's being put okay. on there. It's so phenomenal what people are posting on there, but we're not a lot of people are not utilizing it like this should be so I want to ask you when you thought about creating this first community engagement, and you had this plan planning in your head to get these people connected start posting more on LinkedIn? Did it go as planned? What was your expectations and what was the result you see from it?
1: Um, So I think a lot of people like to, uh, what I have noticed consistently is that a lot of people like to accept challenges um, but don't follow through with them. (laughs) And I, you know, and that could be due to the fact that, you don't really know what you're getting yourself into until you actually try or until you actually see what's ahead of you. And so, yeah, I saw a lot of people, you know, reach out that they're so interested to do it, you know, over a hundred people, um, you know, on the last one. And I knew that, you know, not everyone's going to do it. So that, I mean, that's the first you know, thing that, you know, the expectations are always you're like, wow, there's so many people that are going to really gain from this. And at the end of the day is a lot less. Now that's better in a way because the community is, you know, better when it's kind of small and, um, you know, close knit. So, but I've been literally just blown away by the results and seeing so many people getting out there, people closing leads, closing business, you know, getting deals. I mean, that, that to me, you know, brings me the most, uh, pleasure.
0: So true. When you give, you receive so much more in return. Like you said, like at the post, I mentioning you, like you give with no expectation of receiving anything. You actually receive a lot more in the end.
1: Right. hundred percent.
0: So I want to kind of sneak peek up, talk about your next challenge, which is, I believe the 18 cents challenge.
1: Yeah, this is a great, this is a great thing. So I've done this before also, and it's, it's based on, I'm sure people are familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Gary Vaynerchuk is, you know, one of the most prolific, um, marketing experts in this generation, uh, has millions and millions and millions of followers on every single social media platform. He has a huge company, uh, Media, uh, several companies, but you know, has hundreds of employees, 700 something employees working for him. So, but he came up with this idea and he wrote an article, if anyone wants to check this out on my LinkedIn, Yona Weiss, check that out. The latest article on my LinkedIn is uh, is an article called The 18 Cents Challenge, okay? And it's about how to maximize your reach by adding massive value to others. And the point of it is, um, Gary Vee said, you know, if you can't create your own content or you don't want to create your own content, and like you said, Anthony, it's difficult. Like, what am I going to come up with today? Like, how am I going to... And it's kind of even nerve wracking. You like you put it out there. And you're like, should I put it out? Should I post it? Should I not? And you're like, well, is anyone going to like it? Is anyone going to see it? There's an incredible way to kind of flip the script, which is by just going and commenting on or engaging with other people's posts and try to find people who are going to get a lot of exposure and a lot of visibility on their own posts By you commenting there, anyone that sees their post will see your comment. So it's a way for you to get exposure um, and kind of choose where you want that exposure to be. So when you put out a post, right, the algorithm chooses who's going to see it, how many people are going to see it. But if you know that in your niche kind of network, right, there's this one guy who's, you know, um, I don't know what, uh, uh, a you know, a single tenant net lease broker, right? And he has hundreds, thousands of people, right? Seeing his post. hundreds of people commenting every time. And he's posting about, you know, the state of the market uh, for commercial properties and how retail is not dead, whatever. And you can put, you can write uh, an intelligent and positive comment, which hopefully will cause more engagement. So number one, what you do by that is you add value to the person who posted. and they'll probably notice you. Okay. So if you want to get noticed by someone, the best way to get noticed by them is to comment on their posts. Right. And if you do it consistently, you know, rest assured that, you know, they will eventually notice you. And so if you have a personal brand, or you have a tagline, you have your name, right? Anthony Franklin. And then you have your name under that, what you do, and you want people to notice that. Well, guess what? Seeing your name over and over and over and over and over again is going to accomplish that.
0: So true. That's how part of the reason how I got so many connections is following your challenge. There's adding values, just seeing this people's connections. Oh, this interests me. So I'm going to leave a comment. It could be congrats on the closing that deal. Something as simple as that or even more elaborate. And recently I saw that happening with my own comments. I posted on a comment. One of my connections posted on the same comp, uh, content. And there's this trickle zone from there. It was phenomenal. So, Yona, how did you get into real estate? How how explain <laughs> to us your interest in real estate? Like, how did you get into real estate? How did you get into cost segregation?
1: It's interesting. I was a teacher for about 15 years. And you know, a teacher's salary is not that great, right? And I, I thought to myself, hey, listen, I'm a I'm a kind of smart guy. I would like to You know, try like a new profession. I want to do something different. I had, like, I don't know what you call it, but I needed a change. And I decided, I thought to myself, and this was the thought process. Probably the first time I'm revealing this to anyone, but since you asked, how did I get into real estate? This is how it happened. The thought process went in my head like this Okay, I need to find a job, something that, you know, I enjoy doing. And I want it to be something where I can potentially make a lot of money. Not that I need a lot of money, I really don't but I want to see where's the potential. And the the third thing was something that I don't have to go back to get any formal schooling for. Okay. Because I have a, I have a bachelor's degree and I I studied postgraduate studies for about 10 years, um, in religious studies. So I have like the equivalent of a law degree and several PhDs, you know, it doesn't interest me to go back to school. Cause I know that I can learn on the job. I can learn apprenticing from someone a lot faster than I could in school. Cause I did that. So those were the three things, you know what? I need to find something. Number one, it needs to be something that has potential to make a lot of money. And, and number three, that has to be something that I don't need to go back to any formal schooling for. And so I started talking to friends and a lot of friends who are in the real estate industry. And just keep coming up, like real estate. There's so many potential avenues to get involved in real estate, and so therefore, you know, I just like, hey, yeah, that's actually that is the answer to all these questions. I don't have to do any formal schooling, and there is potential, right, in real estate. Whether it's a broker, whether it's a mortgage broker, whether it's you know investing, you know, raising money for deal, whatever it is. There's so many avenues within that to um, you know potentially make a lot of money. So that kind of was my answer. And that's, that's the beginning. you will have, have to come back for a second episode to, to, to get the rest of the story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. I like how a lot of wrestlers I talk to, they come from different backgrounds, but the main topic is I need to do something different than what I'm currently doing right now. Even personally, I need to do something differently. And real estate seems to be, like you said, the topic for a lot of people, because there's so many ways to get into it. A lot of people think you just have to have a lot of money. right? Somewhat true, but it's not always true. You can always have a group of investors work with you. You can work with somebody else or you can bring in money legally. Right. There's so many different ways to no, different ways. Right. cut the apple or slice the pie, however you want to say the same. But it's phenomenal. Real estate is benefits a lot of people, not just the investors or the owners, but the tenants. The people that run the operations, it benefits a lot of people. So, Yona, before we get out of here, I got three questions for you. This is for my fry around. Okay. So, my first one is what is your favorite late night snack?
1: Um,. My favorite late night snack. Uh, This one seems to stump a lot of people. (laughs) Maybe people don't eat late night snacks. Um, (laughs) um, Pass?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll go. What's your favorite snack in general? You're like your most go to snack.
1: (laughs) Oh my go go to snack, I'd say fruit. So like an apple or a banana. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Nice. So what book has the most impact you has the most impact in the last year?
1: What book has had the most impact in the last year? Yes. In the last year? Actually, the, the book uh, Crushing It by Gary V. So it was a sequel to his book Crush It and he just published it in uh, at the beginning of twenty nineteen. And it's literally case studies and people. I listened to the audio book and it's it's uh, people that have implemented his strategies on social media that are sharing their own personal accounts of how that, you know, impacted them and changed their businesses, et cetera. So that was a very practical, impactful uh, book.
0: Wow. I need to contact Gary Vee, tell him, to put you on the show as well.
1: <laughs> okay. You can be My agent. Anthony.
0: <laughs> okay. My last question for you, what do you do to help you relax from the busy day of being,
1: the entrepreneur that we are um yeah I play with my kids that usually relaxes me a lot yes how Although many do you have sleep they're usually asleep by the time I get home uh you know after a long day of entrepreneurship I have six kids nice so little the, more, more fun okay
0: what's the ratio is that all boys all girls I have four boys and two girls nice I have one daughter and she's a blast she reminds me, okay, when I'm with her, just, this is why that is so busy. Why I do these things I do? So I got to try to remind myself to be in the moment when I'm with her.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: How old well, is your daughter? She is four, be five in April. Like, time flies, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm,
0: having... I'm enjoying it, though. I'm enjoying it every moment. Well, Yona, the cost segregation king, the people connected. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to be on the show.
1: Well, thank you, Anthony. I appreciate you having me, and, and good luck with, uh, with this new ventures and everything.
0: I appreciate it. Can you let the listeners know the best way to get in contact with you?
1: I would say find me on LinkedIn. That's it.
0: Yep. Yonah <laughs> Wise on LinkedIn. won't be too hard to find them. I appreciate it, man. Have a great day.
1: All right. Thanks, Anthony.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I greatly appreciate it. Leave us a review and rating on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Also share with a friend who might enjoy or benefit from the show. I want you to remember this. The knowledge you learned is useless until you take action upon it. Subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week.